Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Archie and I'll be your host. Joining me today is Tom Kirk, Alex Hind, Chris Allen and Mark. Despite putting in what was probably the best performance of the season thus far, Argyle came away empty-handed from St Andrews as they let in yet another last-minute goal as Jay Stansfield scored the 95th minute, meaning we wouldn't even collect a point. In his post-match interview, Shuey took a portion of the blame, saying he should have taken charge of the situation when Joe Edwards took a throw right in front of him with 15 seconds on the clock or so remaining. And he should have instructed his captain to retain possession, for the team to retain possession rather, rather than hoofing it up upfield and quickly being dispossessed and a goal coming a matter of seconds later. Alex, would you say Shuey's right to take a portion of the blame here? Um... No, I don't. To be honest, I know I know why he is taking the blame, because that's the sort of guy he is, and he know he needs to take the heat off the players. I'm I'm fairly confident that he went back into that changing room, and although he took the blame in public or suggested that it might be his fault, I think he might have absolutely gone into them in that changing room, um, because okay. it was a fantastic performance, but there were specific moments and there were clear elements of it which let us down. And I think it's really, really important when we're talking about those moments, uh, areas we can improve, things that we did perhaps wrong that we wouldn't do again. It's really important to remember that's in the context of a game where we have played fantastically well. And I think that's why it's so, so upsetting to, to see that goal going at the end and the way it went in and, and going back and unpicking why did that happen? What do we need to improve on? So, no, I don't I don't think it was Shuey's fault. Um I think there were individual choices in the last couple of minutes of that game, actually, to be honest, where we just didn't do the things that we needed to do to make sure that first and foremost, we got the point and then possibly went on, went on to win it. Um, as you, as you said, Alex, there's a few many moments there um, where things went wrong. Mark, I'll come to you. I'm of the opinion that Morgan Whitaker's punt could possibly have been our downfall what do you think yeah it looks looks bad in the at the end of the day it's a gut-wrenching end to the game but you know look, over the scheme of things his mischance after about four or five minutes where he could have put us ahead um if he scores that we go one nil up then they don't go up the ever end and score the game probably takes another route yeah but you know, obviously losing in this fashion, we it, it's going to be tough for us to dust ourselves off and uh, go again. But we have to. We're at the higher level. We wouldn't have been punished. We weren't punished last season for these moments. We were the normally the team on the front foot and gaining these results. You know, look at Shrewsbury, yeah, late on, or Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, that goal, Ballymumba. This has happened twice in a row now. And Shuey showed his class by taking a little bit of the blame there. But, um, you know, we've got to dust ourselves off and uh, definitely uh, learn from this. Well, for me, there's either there's three kind of moments, key moments in that passage. Shuey, who was particularly pumped up yesterday. I realise the ref probably had a shocker, but even by Shuey's standards, he was pumped up. The camera was constantly going to him and he was not a happy chap, despite I got playing very well. 
in that moment, he's visually urging Argyle forward, telling them to press up and look for that last minute or last second goal. I think 15 seconds was um, how long was left on the clock at that point. So that's point one, Shuey. Is it, should he ever call ahead in that moment? Two, Morgan Whitaker on the halfway line, pumping it forward into no man's land, getting rid of position, possession rather. It's just a no-go, no isn't it, in that, in that context of the game? And then there's Scar out of position. Tom, out of those three, the buck's got to stop with someone. I've watched it back in detail because I, I feel really reluctant to blame the team yesterday because it was such a good performance. Um, you know, football's about the big moments, um, obviously, and about getting points on the board. Look, the club and Shuey came out with exactly what we we're all thinking is, you know, we played very well, but we're going to get bored very quickly of saying that without picking up any points. We're used to winning as a football club. Um, but I had a really good look back at it just to understand that was the cause of it. And, and, and looking at Scar for the second goal, you know, I think oh, initial reaction was, is it bad defending? But I can't see a lot wrong. Um, I can see stuff, obviously, with hindsight, you, he wouldn't do again um, because we know what happened. So it was obviously different. But I think when that ball comes to his head, he hasn't got a huge amount of options. Um, if he makes an error there, it's all on him, isn't it? We're all talking about him now. So, you know, here's me say, can you just take it down like Beckenbauer and play it out, please? It's, it's just not realistic. I think he gets a, a lot of weight on the header. It maybe could have gone wider, but it went back into the centre. And I think that momentum carries him. And then when the ball's lifted back and Stansfield, who's a very talented player, makes the run, we have um, about three of our players all within, um, you know, tickling distance of each other. And, you know, that's not a good line. I, I, I can't... It feels very circumstantial, though. I don't think I could put anything on Scar for that moment I, I want to I want to I, I, you know it hurt to let that goal in I want to find some blame for it but I don't I don't think I can it, you know I'm not saying it's great but I'm not saying there's a howler in there in that moment yeah my only the, point the, is the, the decision on... is go on mate sorry the only my only point is reflecting on it after I was livid and I was you know thinking it's scar 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 24 hours on possibly he's not the man that should be going for that header because he's breaking that defensive line right and once you break that line, that ball's got to, it's, it can't, the ball can't be coming back because that line's all over the, sh- over the shop then. He breaks the line, he gets ahead and stra- heads it straight back to Bir- a Birmingham player, whose name I've forgotten, I don't know. And then him and Houghton are essentially on top of each other, Scar and Houghton, and you're le- leaving Gibson, he's on his own. Maybe, it just feels uh, like a lot of I think so, but... so, for me, the problem's actually not so much the header, but possibly the fact that he goes for the header. Do you possibly not oh. admit defeat on not going to challenging the header? And then you've got. We just feel like we're back to the... we're just back to what about mate? I mean, just if 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 that <laughs> header clears and nobody touches it, nobody nobody goes, nobody it's, picks Stansfield, up on that. Stansfield's I, I, I think... not Leo Messi. He's not weaving through four of our players if he's facing them. That's my point. Well, that was a that, that by the way. Let me just that was an incredible goal. The touch to take away from Gibson. Was, you yeah. know that nine it nine was. times out of ten he doesn't do that. You know, um, I I can't I can't do it. I, look, maybe look, we we want to. It's football. We when we when we let goals in, we think they're all preventable, and we try and pick that apart. But I, I I feel it's too harsh. There wasn't a lot wrong there. I think if you're looking about what's the what's the decision that did displease me the most, it's somewhere between the short throw and Whitaker's long ball. I'm not massively upset by that. Obviously, it's not a good ball, and we, but we've got to allow our team to make mistakes. I'm, I I just blame bad fortune, guys. You know the things that we like about football. It was our turn for it to. 
to hurt us yesterday and Mark made reference to Shrewsbury away last year, you know, um, we've had it. We had a really good run last season of, of these things going our way. And look, we've come up to a very unforgiving level and, and it's happened to us twice. What I will, what I will say, what was heard was the, was the, was more the injustice yesterday of the performance level. I felt like even the Southampton game hurt, but being in the ground after about the two seconds later, you're like, well, Southampton deserved to win this game. You couldn't, you didn't really feel, that bad in that sense but yesterday you know i've seen people saying we deserved a draw we didn't guys we deserved three points yesterday the performance level deserved three points um but i felt in a split second we had a lot of hurt that was essentially the culmination of i think a word we've used reality check which is just the fat us as fans got like a flash of the season before us in a moment of oh goodness this is how unforgiving this division's going to be and as, as a bit like that thunderbolt that Stansfield here hits us all in the heart really quickly and we want to blame someone and we want to sort of do anything to basically distract ourselves from panicking but I, I can't lay a lot of blame on the it, just me personally I just can't blame a lot of put lay a lot of blame on the team yesterday I don't know Chris Dodge you feel any different to that I feel very you might imagine very different I was think it's quite useful at these points to try and remember what it's like. Go and pick up a football and try and kick it. Um, like it's not as precise a science as sometimes commentary makes it out to be. You know, it's an inflatable thing that's got a bit of a mind of its own. And so, if you, I think, if you overanalyze fifteen seconds, you can draw any conclusion you want. You can say it's no one's fault. You can say it's someone's fault. Um, so, I think the first thing is overanalyzing a very short piece of play probably does no one any good especially at that in that context i think the second thing is it you know it is possible to roll snake eyes twice like it, it happened twice so you can draw a conclusion out of that i think if this had been in six months time you'd look back and said this feels a bit like southampton but coming so close but they're very different games i don't see any themes the one bit i think on reflection archie that i would agree with and i think he'll learn from it was Shuey's instinctive reaction to grab that ball and throw it back with 15 seconds left. In the context of all football anywhere in the world, at one each, without last season, most people would have just let that ball roll by them, maybe even kicked it to a ball boy. I think that was the bit that I think they'll learn from, which is maybe the risk of accelerating the play at that late in the game is something we won't do again. But generally speaking, I think analysing the individuals that were involved is incredibly hard on those individuals because half an inch each way and we wouldn't be talking about it. Can oh, I Chris, just I've, pick you up on I, that? Oh, go, go, Alex, you go first. I'll come back. I agree that exactly two games isn't big enough of a sample to say this is a fundamental problem with our team. You know, across the whole of last season, we said one thing we're really good at is playing right up until the last whistle and we can turn games around and, and we always believe we can. Across the whole season, that was true. Across two games, I think I think to have a knee-jerk reaction and say, we have a problem seeing games out in this division is much too early to say that. In that game in particular, though, it wasn't just the, the, the raking pass across the field from Morgan Whitaker. Just before that, Ryan Hardy's got the ball on the edge of the box and he blasts one over the bar from range rather than holding on to possession. So there was a couple of moments in that game yesterday where you're thinking, 
we could have seen that game out. We could have held on to the ball better. We could have kept possession better because they we know they want to counter-attack. That's how they've been playing the whole game. So if we've got the ball, they can't do that. So there was a few examples in that game where you just thought perhaps a little different decision here, a little bit more composure there. We would have held on for the point. Now, last season, we had to win every game. We had to get three points. Otherwise, we weren't going to get past Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday and whoever else. That mentality, I think, in this division has to change because although it's our style and Shui said we're going to give it a go, that's how we get points on the board is by having that attitude. At the same time, last season, if you drew every if you drew every game in this division, you would have stayed up. So I think we have to get a bit more pragmatic and I think we have to get a bit more street smart about forget the performance, a point away at Birmingham is a great point. I think you've um, you both said the same thing, which is handy. I was going to come back to that, Chris, but I just I'm not I'm not sure that is the right answer. I, that might be your guys' opinion on it, but we we did very well after last year of thinking that a point wasn't interesting for us. It was more about uh, seizing the opportunity of getting three points rather than fearing the loss of one. I mean, as as it hurt yesterday, but as as the day's gone on, it's 24 hours plus from that. The, the difference between one point and no points doesn't bother me. The, the, in, the injustice of the we've got nothing to show for a great performance did hurt as an emotional football fan. But, you know, we, we lost. We could have had a point against Southampton. We could have had a point yesterday. Those goals don't go in. If, if we win and lose one of those games, irrelevant. Irrelevant. It's better. You know, we've got three points. Our whole, the reason we outperformed our expectations last year, I feel it's got to be in part down to that kind of attitude. We were like nine tenth budget in League One and we were beating people because we did not settle for a point and I've, I've seen some points where we need to manage games better. Nonsense, we weren't winning the bloody game. Morgan I think you said it was an aimless pass Archie, it was it was a poor pass, don't get me wrong And but if, if that's a good pass and that finds Mikel Miller and we score, we, we celebrate the finest of marginal differences like genius and we've got three points and we're in the playoffs and Goodness me, you know, that, that fractional difference, you know, the complete different tone of this conversation. I'm I'm not behind the idea of settling for a point. Certainly yesterday, we've absolutely battered the opposition. No way. But what no were the way. Ch- we need- Morgan, Morgan Whitaker's pass was not leading to a goal. A lot needed to change for that to be a serious goal um, scoring opportunity. For it to land to Mikhail Miller, a lot. I'm all for retaining possession and being attacking but in the 15 with 15 seconds to go you can't be punting it and giving it back to the opposition you just they can't scored a goal in that time Archie they scored a goal yeah because, in that time, yeah, because we punted it they, no no from nothing they didn't do anything to deserve that goal it was our naivety that gave it to them it was our naivety that gave it back back to them they didn't, we, they didn't could, I mean, no, no, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. The, the pass was a poor... I'm not sitting here trying to defend the pass. The pass was poorly executed, and I'm not sure about the idea. But no. I'd, I'd want to be very different to recognising Morgan that was a poor ball that has cost us the game, arguably, to the philosophical difference, which comes back to the point there of should we give the ball, trying to win the game. That I do not want to stop at any point. I mean, obviously, you go, having lost the game, go, well, if I put the ball out, he doesn't score. But we'd all say that with hindsight. But um, I'm all for trying to win football matches, particularly football matches with Dominic. Trying to see that out for a draw yesterday. No, thanks. I think Alex has made the important distinction. We're no longer in a, in a title race. The mentality needs to change a bit. I don't know. There seems to be an expectation that we're just not going to be in a relegation fight. And I don't know where that's come from. 
I'm not, I'm not saying yep. we are. I don't know. It's too early to say right now. I, honestly, I, I don't know. If you had to ask me, I think lower mid-table. Besides the point. But this idea that we can go gung-ho every game, because we semi-have to, like we did last season, it was nuts. You know, 101 points was kind of almost the minimum. When that's not, there's a different context this year. A hugely different context. And therefore, we need to adapt, adapt our thinking to what one point away at Birmingham with 15 seconds to go is not bad. Archie, I'd add particularly that, again, going back to the fact that Birmingham City are a counter-attacking side. Yes, we battered them in the second half, and that's how it felt. Somebody, Blues fans, might say, that's how we play. We sit, we soak it up. You exactly. didn't manage to score for most of that half. And then we waited for our moment, albeit it was right at the very end. And we caught you on the break. That's our game. That's what we do. And you played right into our hands. Exactly. So I'm sure they would, they would look at it from a slightly different way to our goal battered them for, for the whole half. I think we were on top. I think we were the better side. We weren't letting them get out and counter-attack. But what happened at the end was exactly how their setup and their manager and their players would have imagined scoring goals when they were sat in the dressing room before the game. Yeah. I would ask to keep a bit of perspective. We're four games into the season. Four games. You can't even consider lower uh, lower place finishes. Four games. We're having a little bit of a um, last-minute crisis. Four games we are into the season. Let's let's keep our keep our heads. What relevance has that got to the the goal? It doesn't matter. The fortieth game or the fourth game. You're talking about you're talking about lower place finishes already on the back of this. I've always talked about that from day one. Yeah, I think I that'd think be great. Sixteenth is fine. Really good. I don't know why that's. Yeah, but if, if, you, if, if you're going to finish sixteenth, mate, then we're going to lose games that we're drawing and lose them. If that's where your ambitions at, then yesterday planned out exactly how the table's going to finish out. Because look, I don't think anybody's looking at that thinking, "Oh God, we're going to finish twenty fourth. Everybody can see, oh. you know, Sheffield Wednesday have got a crisis on, and there's clearly four or five clubs who are on the face of it at the moment, albeit they'll, yeah, they'll probably change the manager once or twice. Um, so look, the guys who predicted fourteenth to sixteenth, I'm looking at you, Mister Allen. Um, you know, that's the kind of result that's going to take. It hurts me because I'm with Mark and I think we, I, I've seen enough here that we we start getting a few things go our way. We could be ambitious. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing teams constantly every week. I'm seeing, yeah, they're good and they've got good individuals and probably the sum of their parts is, uh, so the, the, we've got to rely on the sum of our parts being bigger than theirs because on an individual basis, it, it's not um, in our favour. But um, yeah, look, um, that perspective there, guys. There's some nice opinions in there on that one. But essentially, we're arguing about probably where we're, you know, are, are we going to scratch the playoffs or be lower mid-table is kind of the debate, isn't it? I think we're all concluding that we're not going to win the league and we're not going to finish bottom. And maybe, <clears throat> maybe finish with this. Like, I, I think I did this once, sort of late 90s, around that sort of time where I changed my mind on something. Um, maybe, maybe this is the next one. <laughs> um, it, I, I can really... The idea, especially with one point being the prize, that it's what is in our DNA, maybe someone coming around to your way of thinking. Maybe I'm coming around. Maybe I should not be so miserable. Maybe there's another planet where that ball falls differently and it's a 2-1 win. So, yeah, let's keep positive. I think there's a, I think there's a strategic long-term culture of that at the club, mate, if I'm being honest. But my gut feel 
I felt this yesterday was um it was why I was surprised to see see Shuey do it because I think in 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 the emotion and the stress of a final moment of a football match, I think even though Shuey's a really smart guy, I think he reverts to a footballer. He don't want to lose. Yeah. Nobody likes losing. Um so I wouldn't have blamed him for not doing it, but equally I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize him for trying to get the the ball moving. Yeah, we 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 played our football and um we'll remember this game for for a while. It hurts, but yeah, you know, look, we'll um you know, we're just relying on, you know, on the law of averages on one of those days where we don't play well that we, you know, we pick up a result. Because last year, on the odd occasion we didn't play well, we lost about 5-0. Yeah. I mean, look, to summarise, I'm I'm not lying awake at night now thinking we're going to be relegated because of a 95th minute goal. I'm beyond excited by the way we played yesterday. I thought it was fantastic and we'll come on to it in the second part. Honestly, I think it was our best performance of the season. Just the goal in isolation, taking away what it means for the rest of the rest of the season, irks me beyond belief, to put it mildly. And not to rehash the conversation we've had in the last 20 minutes, but there's too many poor, naive moments in there that need they, they can't go on. Hardy, like someone said, blasting over the bar like he's playing rugby for Scotland. Whitaker, also, was it rugby or football? I'm not quite sure at that point. The way he hoofed that ball high wide and handsome. Scar coming out of position, I really appreciate what Tom's saying. I'm not quite sure what I feel about that yet. I feel like someone more articulate and more in the know than me would be able to break that down. There's too many moments there for me which which felt felt naive. Do I think it would be a hinder our season? No. Am I worried for the season ahead? No. It's just it that those 15 seconds could and should have been better because unfortunately I undid what was a fantastic performance. But other than that, you're delighted, mate. Yeah, over the moon. <laughs> All right, on that note, we'll take a break. I'll take a glass of water and we'll be back to look at the positive side of Birmingham away. Okay, welcome back to part two. In part one, we were constantly referring to this positive performance from yesterday. I think it's something I dubbed the best as from the season thus far. And just to try and contextualize that looking back at the statistics for the um, position in possession rather in opponents half against Huddersfield we have had 79 passes Watford 71 Southampton 81 Birmingham 224 now that's a that's a that's an increase an increase and a half Alex did you know anything or the tactical approach changing what were your thoughts on that if we if we take out those last few minutes where We've talked a lot about how we didn't learn our lesson. Um, ironically, one of the things I really took away from the game was throughout the kind of previous 92 minutes or whatever it was, how much we improved in-game and the lessons that we were learning and the, the things our players were doing to adapt to the, the, the setup from Birmingham and the players they were up against. First 20, 25 minutes when Birmingham were undoubtedly on the front foot, uh, Joe Edwards was having a torrid time. Um, Birmingham were trying, well, I think they were targeting him, they were coming putting everything down the left-hand side. But we we sewed that up, we tightened it up, and they stopped having so much joy down that left-hand side. Joe sussed out where his man was. Um, he had help from the other players on that side of the pitch. So that was fantastic to see. And at the same time, our left-hand side kind of came alive. And Barley Mumba was starting to see um, where the gaps were for him. He realised that he could get in by going wide outside on the left and down to the byline, kind of like, you know, the old kind of Ryan Lowe tactics of get it to the byline and play it across, that was starting to work. And you started to see players 
um, suss out Birmingham. And from that moment, we started to get on top. The first 20, 25 minutes, maybe first half even, our playing out from the back was was worrying and scary. We didn't get out of our half once. Um, but as we got into the game and we saw how Birmingham pressed and where they liked the press, we were starting to move the ball up the field much more. So one of the big positives for me that resulted in all of that pressure in the second half was how we adapted to Birmingham. I think a lot of credit goes to Shuey because he's so good at noticing those things in game and adapting to them. I think a lot of credit goes to the players as well of just being awake and alert to those things and, and being able to exploit them. Well, yeah, to take us back to a week ago, post-Southampton, Shuey was on record for saying, I want to try us to try and have a little bit more of the ball. Um, commenting on how against Watford and Southampton they had not little possession, but certainly not not a lot, and how hard it was to regain possession once you lost that. Stating the obvious, but we've gone up a level, and he commented on how hard they're finding that. So to have that increase of passes in the opposition third, that's drastic. From eighty-one against Southampton to two hundred twenty-four—that's nearly three times the amount. That's incredible. That's a real change of tack. Tom, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we had a lot of the ball. I mean, when I heard that stat, uh, Archie, I was so impressed. Um... You know, but we had a lot of the ball. Southampton had all the ball against us. So I was expecting us to have more passes in total. Good to hear them that they're in the opposition half. Birmingham clearly have a strategy that semi-invites the opposition on, but that nearly cost them. Um, they felt under the cost for big chunks yesterday. Um, I'm with Alex. I did spot us picking up. It was more joy. We sewed up our their left-hand attack and we upped ours. And it felt like Randall was getting down there uh, a little bit. I mean, we've spoken a little bit before about he's not entirely... Confident in what he's doing down there, but him and him and Mumba, uh, you know, he, he he probably accentuated Mumba's threat by adding some, you know, um, not possession, but you know, presence in that area. Um, it felt like we won a load of jewels. Um, don't know the stat exactly, but um, felt like we won more than we lost, and you know, we kept the ball a lot, so that was positive. And I, I think we said a couple of things in the last few weeks, um, and. Against Southampton was certainly final ball. Um, I didn't feel the final ball was, um, I'm not going to say not an issue, but not much of an issue at all. It was certainly a lot better against Birmingham. And I think that's evident in the shots that we took away. Did we put 16, 17 shots away? It's not a very technical stat, the number of shots. But um, I remember yeah, saying when we went to Record Watford, for the season. Record for I the season. I assume so. Um, I remember when we went to Watford... I said how well we did, but by the way, if we let 20 shots against us every game, we're going to let in goals. So, um, you know, <laughs> what 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 makes it the best performance season? And and sometimes football is overcomplicated. But look, we got way more shots away than they did. I'm not going to go into XG or whatever. And obviously, they got one which was like run under the bar, and it was easier to score than miss. But um, yeah, whether it totally reflected our dominance or not, but you know we're getting more shots. If we get that number of shots away and 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 have the opposition have less shots against us, unless we're doing really stupid things and giving them absolute golden chances, we're gonna win more games than we lose. Yeah, I mean, people say that this is Birmingham, this is their style of football, which is partly true, but they had their joint record lowest um, possession of the season with thirty six percent, lowest amount of passes, three hundred and nine. And no one's had more passes in Birmingham's half the season than Argyle. So it is their way of football. But yesterday was particularly extreme. And you're going away from it, scratching your head how we didn't score. Um, but yeah, Tom, we, we create some 
fantastic chances. Mark mentioned it at the top. Adam Randall and Morgan Whitaker probably the ball needs to at least go on target, would you say, Mark, in that situation? I think Randall almost missed the ball entirely, I think, and then Whitaker had a shot or volley that he semi-sliced, didn't he? Do you think he needs to do better in that situation? Definitely needs to do better. It's on his weaker foot, but has to take that chance. But let's keep positive. Blackburn is the next league opponent. We're likely to see a similar amount of the ball. They've beaten Watford today with 35% possession. Um, they'll be comfortable, body bodies behind the ball, trying to hit us on the break. If we play like we played against Birmingham and keep ideally score the first goal, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, that's normally the the way forward with us. Um, so you know, let's write this off quickly and and go again against Blackburn in the league. Um, someone I'd like to pick out who I thought had a particularly good game yesterday and is flourishing in this new formation. I mean, he's already he's already gone on record to say I think the new formation probably does suit me a little bit better in that holding role. And that's Jordan Helton. Chris, I've got to be honest, last season, I wouldn't say I wasn't a fan, but I certainly am now. I think he's had a fantastic start to the season. Well, we've said a few times that we thought, well, I thought that the championship would suit Hardy and he's got three from four. I didn't see it coming so much for Houghton. But yeah, he's he's got a football brain, hasn't he? He's one of those players that I think is with a bit of space and a bit of time, rather than just people chasing him around, seems to be absolutely relishing it. And it, it is great to see him do well, especially as someone that's been around for so long. Um, so yeah, I think he was excellent. I think yeah, Hardy's still a bit rash, but you can't argue with three from four. And the biggest thing for me about watching yesterday, if you're unfortunate like I was to have Chelsea Luton on on Friday night, is the sum total of it, is the pace of it. Like if you were watching, I know they're playing Chelsea, but it's not Chelsea-Chelsea. But if you watch Luton, who've just gone up from this division, we look quicker than them, quicker in the way we move the ball, quicker players. We're not relying on kind of hulking great individuals to score from corners. I think there's a lot to take from that as well. Like that's... Again, I'm not so good on the stats, but the pace of the game, we really did seem to to drive yesterday. It was another great watch, wasn't it? <laughs> Just gen, a general point. It was another fantastic watch. It's been four really, really entertaining games. Just to go back to Helton, he was the only player in the midfield yesterday not to be dispossessed. And I know he's the least attacking out of the three, so that's probably that probably helps. But he seems so composed, doesn't he, on the ball? And he commented on himself that he actually has more time on the ball in the championship. He, he, he said um, he finds teams a, a bit more respectful and there's a lot more, it's, it's a lot more tactical and they kind of drop in a bit when you have the ball. And that seems to be suiting him as well. He's such a good carrier of the ball, isn't he? I mean, we went, we talked about it last week, so we won't go over it again, but yeah, I'm, well, I'm really, really impressed. I can't remember. I think I said early on against Huddersfield, it was one of Jordan's best games in an Argyle shirt, maybe the best home part. Obviously, the you, Chelsea you game, I thought he you did. did. Yeah. Chelsea game, he did very well. That was a cup game. Everybody sort of was up for it um, and up their level. And and I'm possibly factoring, you know, the opposition into that. But he was sort of Terry Butcher-esque yesterday in terms of, you know, he's bandaged up, he's taken one for the team. And, and about, 
you know, a minute before we concede the goal, he's got that bit where he receives the ball in the D. You know, he's under attack. You say about, you know, his defence, he's not attacking, but he does like a 180 pirouette holding, you know, a strong opponent off and win us in a free kick in a very dangerous position. Um, I'm not sure I've seen him have a better game in a Plymouth Argyle shirt. Yeah, no, I know the point you mean. Or maybe it's a different one because he actually lays it off to um, Hardy and he did ever so well to retain possession. And you can see his frustration as Hardy balloons it over the bar. But yeah, Houghton, what a man, what a player. Did not see that um, evolution development coming. The other positive about that, I mean, interesting, make the, we, Chris makes the point about Hardy being ready for the championship and, and we didn't see it with Houghton, but he's made for this formation. Bear in mind, this, this system changes the... It's big, isn't it? Four, uh, four at the back. You know, that's the biggest change since shuey has been at the club. And, you know, that's largely a, a variation on what Ryan Lowe did for us. We'd normally pride ourselves on 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 the work we do in the off-season to finesse our system. But I actually think this time we're going to get better within the season rather than our usual. Oh. I say usual. Last couple of years, what was happened is we start like house on fire. Nobody's worked us out. And then sort of 15, 20 games in, we come under a bit of pressure of people who've got a game plan for us. I think we'll get better. And I, look, I roughly, we've seen the evidence of that, are we? I mean, you know, we've have we got better in every game? I think it's harder to tell because I felt Watford, we got better as the game went on and Southampton put us under pressure, but maybe that's the quality of the opposition telling. What was really interesting yesterday and I thought was really positive was I thought against Southampton, don't know what the other guys felt, but it was the first time in a long time where I felt Argyle came out um, uh, for the second half um, and and didn't improve on, on what they'd learned in the first half. And maybe that's because Southampton outdid us in that regard. But it's the first time we, for a long time that I can remember that we'd come out for a second half and Southampton had won that battle, that battle of that 15 minutes of the, of the, of the, of the prep and the outsmarting and the decision-making. Maybe it's just down to their skill or they weren't very good in the first half or whatever. So I was interested to see how that would, went yesterday. And the second half yesterday, we were superb. If, if you're rating the players looking at any of the stats, Archie, I, I don't know any of those stats off by heart, but if you had them split into first and second half, I'm sure they'd be very favourable to that second half. Talking about second half improvements, um, Somebody else who's just, I think, has really, really surprised me in a fantastic way this season is Joe Edwards. I think most of us had him down as somebody who would be, you know, one of great in the dressing room type character, strong captain. He probably won't play many minutes. He'll be a bit of a utility man. And, you know, he's been consistently on that starting team sheet. And he had a bit of a wobbly start at Watford, came into the game, had an outstanding second half yesterday. He was up against it. I mean, he was probably happy Dembele wasn't playing. Um, but Anderson still managed to give him a tough time to begin with. Adapted. Kept him quiet. Did a fantastic job as the game wore on. So, as well as Houghton, who I think has been the kind of real standout player for us, Joe Edwards has just proved me wrong so much this season. I did not see that coming from him at all. I'll refer you to the... Um chairman of the Joe Edwards fan club, Tom Kirk on that. He'll be delighted to hear what you've got to say. <laughs> it's it's not a surprise to me, mate. I mean, look, I, I look at football in simple things. Sometimes he's fit, right? So that trumps, that's trumps him over all five of, of our other fullbacks for one. So fine. We can say, well, it's not their fault or whatever, but we've got six fullbacks at club and five are either injured or have been injured this season. You know, Joe gets out on the pitch. That's what he does. Um, where he seems to be bucking a trend is, I, what, what would I say with footballers is, 
you 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 lose a yard or two of pace, but you gain the brain, don't you? But he seems to be bucking the trend on the on the fitness. Uh, he's got better in every game so far this season. He's almost followed a similar pattern where he gets a he gets a t- bear in mind he's got a tough job. He's a fullback, and the opposition tend to put their best players at this level so far as I see, you know, attacking those wings. And I did felt they attacked him yesterday and he takes a little while to get up to speed and, and the other side gets a bit of joy and we go, oh God, Joe Edwards hasn't got it. But he's definitely got better. Whether he's, you know, I don't feel it was the plan for Joe to be a star this season. I don't think that was the plan last year, but I, I can't bolt his his application um, with the facilities that he has at his disposal. Um, and I love him to bits. Archie's right. <laughs> Um, just to touch on something you said previously, Tom, a change of formation. Adam Randall is really playing in a new position now. To look at the heat map, if you can, it's so incredible. He's essentially kind of playing in an almost Danny Mayer position, almost like a left number 10. Um, I've got to be honest, I'm not sure it suits him. There's a few moments yesterday where it's kind of nosebleed territory once again. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. What, what, what do you guys feel about that? He's a, he's a passer and a tackler. In my mind, you know, I remember back to the Burton game that won us promotion and that whole move for Ennis's goal started off with him making a superb tackle just outside our D and that's where his best game is. Houghton being so fantastic is probably meaning he's not going to get a look in in that position. Um, I don't know if he's got the turn of pace and the trick on the left-hand side, but it, it all depends on what kind of relationship he can build with Mumba. There was a couple of times where... Randall kind of picked the ball up, took it out there, and he was happy to be the pick or the pivot and um, to move players around to make the space for Mumba to then pick it up and drive into the box. I think if they can finesse that kind of move and they can really build that understanding, there is scope for it to work, even if it's not Randall's natural game. Um, But I agree, it's definitely going to take some adapting for him. Um, He definitely looks more at home in the middle, I think. Yeah, I mean, his defensive duties statistics are they're impressive blocks per 90 he's third interceptions per 90 he's first wins possession back in the final third first so he does that job well doesn't he and he's seemingly the best after four games um that's interesting wins possession back in the final third is that possibly Shuey's thinking he's got him up there because he's he hustles and harries people and he thread a fantastic ball into hardy early on if let's hardy to be honest, probably should do better. I'm not sure Chip there is the best uh, decision. Um, but it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one for me, Randall, there. I think you make a good point. Houghton, no one's going to get him out of that position unless he's injured or suspended. Is it is it more about what Randall can do on the left? Or is it about what Randall can do for Mumba on the left? I, I really think that there's some kind of thought process there in how do we get the best out of our main man here? And is is Adam the guy to to help him do that? Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting you said, Alex. The uh, the the word that stuck out to me from that initial monologue was Burton Albion. Um, you know, we're not playing Burton Albion this year, and hopefully, won't play them for a long time in the future. So the 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 standard is higher. Um, felt Randall in in that left role is, um, and we were talking about how this formation suits. Jordan Houghton, this isn't a diss at Adam at all, but what's probably benefited Jordan of the system change has probably um, not worked for, for Adam. He's got a lot of um, useful skills in different parts of the pitch. In fact, when we played late in Orient, albeit the opposition was was garbage, you know, he came on at right back. I know Mark Lovell's a big Adam Randall fan. 
Mark, any uh, information on Rams? I'm still glowing from that pass to Hardy yesterday. He would be having a tremendous season if he'd have scored a couple of goals, which his permanent, uh, which his performances deserves. But he, he he's wasted a couple of chances, and so we're we're tending to look at the negatives on on Adam Randall a little bit at the moment. Um, I'd love to see him in an Argo shirt for for the rest of his career. I love him to bits. I think many players can be too versatile and too willing and too, you know, they want to, they're desperate to play. They don't care where they play. I think Randall can play in a lot of places. Um, yeah, maybe at the moment he's not getting, not playing in, in the role that he wants to play because Houghton's, Houghton's the man at the moment, but things change very quickly in, in, in football. He's, he's here hopefully for the long haul and, He's one of our own. My, my recollection, my recollection that when he was at Torquay, again, I didn't watch the games, but what people have told me is he, would, he used to pop up all over the place, centre back, right back, you know, and that was when he was a lot younger, trying to make a name for himself in a team. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him um, being more uh, versatile. Uh, coming on to what you say, Archie, though, I think it's important to speak up for him. I think he's done well, with, and and it goes back to what we're saying at the first part about how much we value sort of the key moments because. Rams has done very well, but I, I think unfortunately for Adam is some of his shortcomings, which there aren't many of, he's doing very well, but it, they've made the highlight reels of matches so far, being like the Watford shot should have done better. The goal actually against Huddersfield, you know, between him and Gibson, that was that was their fault. So he's been unfortunate in that sense, um, which is probably stopping him getting the high scores, but there's plenty to be encouraged about. He, I mean, so unfortunate. Um, sounds like key moments not delivering, um, to be brutal about it. Um, I mean, for me, what's interesting is that he was a, a lot further forward than Azaz yesterday, and there must be a reason for that. And I'm not doubting Shui. I'm sure there is a reason for that. And Alex tapped into something possibly very interesting. Maybe he's there as a kind of destroyer, breaker up of play to feed Mumba. Maybe it's as simple as that. But why is Azaz so much further back compared to Randon? And he really was. If you take a look at the two heat maps, it's pretty stark, the difference between the two. One last thing before we take a break. Dan Scar or Pleggy? For me, it's getting to a point where Pleggy is going to be forcing his way into into the starting eleven. Scar yesterday, we spoke about the second goal, but looking at the first goal, I would say that he's probably more to blame for that than the second. Positionally, it's not great. The ball comes in and he's got Hogan behind him. Now, I'm no centre-back, but that doesn't feel like textbook defending to me. He goes down really easily and, of course, I'm out of position. Defence is all over the shop and they score. Let's go. We've been following a fan club theme. I've done Joe Edwards. Mark Lovell's done Rands. I know who to ask about Dan Scar. He's massive. He's nearly as big as a goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I this this is where I this is where I struggle because I've never been a heat map person. I've never been a I can kind of get a sense who's got more of the ball. What I would say is he's effectively moved up through the leagues, right? And what you want him doing is what he's good at, which is winning balls in the air and being very, very solid. He's never going to be the player who, I can't remember the Beckenbauer, Tom, that you might have mentioned earlier. Like, he's not going to turn into Beckenbauer, is he? So 
I think in the games where we're under the cosh and people are trying to play that way, which they will, I think is a huge asset. I do. I would like to see maybe a more cultured centre half come in. So I don't think it would be a tragedy if he if he left and if he was left out and played some games where we're expecting that kind of threat. Feels that maybe Blackburn is that game. Uh, it's weird, isn't it? Because going into the Birmingham game, Archie, I said you can't drop Scar. I did mark him down. It, it wasn't a disaster yesterday, but I marked him down for a couple of his contributions. And um, Mark said Blackburn are going to do something similar. We're, we're going to have a lot of the ball. It feels like pluggy time. I, maybe. Yep. Um, and look, Plaguey will probably play and captain the side on, on Tuesday and we'll have to evaluate that. But I, I it wouldn't surprise me if I saw five come in for six. If we're, if we're so wedded to playing out from the back, I think a big argument for Plaguey rather than against Dan Scar, but for bringing him in is we are going to be more effective in those positions. Um, if he's a better ball player, if he's better at finding a pass and starting off attacks, and that's what we want to do, and we're not going to change that, that could be, for me, the thing that tips it in his favour, possibly, regardless of their defensive abilities or anything like that, headers, duels, all of that. If if that is how we try to build possession to score goals, then you're bringing a whole other element into that, um, into those moves building from the back. So that would be the argument for bringing Pagazalo in, I think. I think you always have to pick your best team. So, you know, Plegi was suspended for the first game. He's had to wait patiently in the in the wings and agree with Tom. It's no time. Um, Scar didn't help himself with me with that comment when he returned to Birmingham City as we. So it's time to reflect on that. I think he's dropped. He's he dropped a bit of a clangor there, but I, I can't see any relationship between that and his performance on the pitch necessarily. I'm not going to suggest that because it was Birmingham City, he put in less effort or he got the wrong side of his man because it was the team he supported. I think <laughs> I think there was no mentality issue there. I think it's footballing ability, pure pure and simple. Absolutely. Okay, we'll um, leave things there, put Birmingham to one side and look forward to uh, Crystal Palace and Blackburn. We'll be back in a sec. Okay, welcome back to the third and final part. Moving swiftly on from that Birmingham heartbreak, we're going to turn our attention to Crystal Palace in the Carabao Cup. What is a Carabao, Chris? Still not quite sure. But more importantly, how do we think we'll be doing? Mark, you've made the long trip over from Bavaria. You'll be there. How do you think we'll be doing against Palace? Looking forward to it. I'm going to go with Tom. Um, You know me, Archie. 3-1. Does Tom share that enthusiasm? I do because I think I, I want to win the game. Um, we've got a dilemma here, and we whereby uh, we want to give some minutes to some players who aren't going to. If we go out this competition, they're not going to get many more minutes. So there's a case to play players who haven't got many minutes, but we're playing a Premier League side. Yeah. And I want to win the game. And I want to give some of those players some more minutes later on. So I would like to see a balance. I think Palace will ring the changes because I don't think they will care two hoots about the competition. So, yeah, I think we'll add some quality, some match sharpness. They won't have that. And uh, I fancy us. 
3-1. Going back to your point on ringing the changes, who would you take out? Who are you protecting, essentially, from the Birmingham lineup? Uh, oh well, Ryan Hardy. I can't. I, I I can't make a case to start because we just can't. Um, we can't risk him at the moment with um, being understaffed up top. I don't know if we'll get somebody in by then or not. Seems like um, times against us there to get somebody in who's match sharp. So um, Hardy, I'd protect. You know, if if he pulls up injured in a league cup game. That's where my interest. Uh, that's where my want for winning that competition meets its limits. But I'd see Mumba and Whitaker start. I think. I think we need to carry our big threats into the game. I'd be interested to see what you know the other guys think. Whether we should ring the changes or you know the risk of injury is just football, isn't it? If you're playing games and trying to win. Hazard will um, lose his spot to Burton. I agree. Hardy's a tricky one, but but surely a, a glamour tie against a Premier League club. He's chasing a, this spot in the Scotland squad, and what would a couple of goals against Palace do? You know, I think going back to that point, we have to pick your best team. This is an amazing opportunity. We're at home, yeah. So, and we have we have the chance here. They'd be lulled in a total f- false sense of security. You know, we're, we've just lost the last two in the last minute. We're, they're there to be beaten, Palace. I want to see uh, that gif of um, Roy Hodgson with his head going down and sinking. <laughs> you know, I want to see it at home park. I'm not sure we know our best team, though, mate. I think, look, just quickly summarising from the pod, I think Pleggy comes in. Uh, it makes sense for Burton to come in. I personally don't pick Hardy. I can see Mark. What, uh, yeah, look, I'm with Mark. Hardy will want to play. He wants to play football and score goals and get the Scotland squad. He definitely felt that yesterday when he was shooting from 35 yards for no reason. Um, I'm not sure the mid. I don't sure we know the best midfield. Obviously, Houghton is um, making a very strong case at the moment, but then that makes me kind of not want to risk him. I feel the midfield is probably where the rotation will lie. Um, Alex, any thoughts? Middle three, I think, is where we do have the most depth at the moment. So I'd probably see Cundall come in. Um, I can't see a, I can't imagine a world where Ryan Hardy starts um, unless we get two strikers in tomorrow before the game. I think we just need to wrap him up in Cottonwall until we've got more depth there. Um, so I, I can't imagine him starting. Uh, but yeah, possibly that middle three and Pleggy, I think, is where we'll see and, and, and Ben Wayne coming in the rotation. As much as I got a reservation on Wayne, look, I think we've got we, we've got a chance to test him with uh, Mumba and Whitaker. I want to see what that looks like. You know, not Tyreek Wright. You know, I want to see people who are going to cause the opposition some real problems and make a load of space and see what he does with that because there might be a case where he gets has to get thrown in. Um, so that's my front three midfield. Change it round. Um, after after refer to refer to Shuey or the others. All right, what are we saying? Predictions. I've already right. said 3-1. <laughs> Consistent. Alex? 2-1, Argyle. Tom? Uh, yeah, 3-1. I, I, I said it amid a load of waffle earlier, but I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good. I mean, again, that's subject to us playing our strongest team. I think if we make 10-11 changes, we'll do well to win on penalties. 
Chris. Nil-nil. Win on penalties. You, you might be interested to know that I am 200 feet from Paddington Station. And if I go on the Carabao, as they say you should pronounce it, website, my nearest stockist is four miles away. Which in London terms is like another city. So um, <laughs> my prediction is a nil-nil draw and that nobody in the UK will have consumed this drink much before Christmas. <laughs> well, let's move things on from Palace to Blackburn. Blackburn Rovers visiting Home Park next Saturday. Mark Lovell, you'll be there again. Are you going to be feeling the pressure? Is Shuey going to be feeling the pressure? Of course, the Palace result might dictate that a bit in between now and then. But we need a point at least, do we not? Well, Palace is a free hit. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to have much uh, of a say. I don't really see why we should be under pressure going into this match against Blackburn Rovers, you know? I think we're at home and have a sellout, um, get the first goal, finish the job off. Absolutely no reason why we should feel under pressure. There's... If you are feeling under any pressure, maybe there's that mentality I was talking about a week or so ago, you know, that you're expecting the world to end at any stage or, you know, Stephen Schumacher to leave for Everton next week. That mentality that bad things are going to happen or that you should feel under pressure just because um, Ryan Hardy is sneezing, you know, that has to stop, you know, we have we have a great side, a good manager, a good manager, great manager. No reason to feel pressure at all. Let's go and win the game, three-one. Thank you, Alex. Do you share that enthusiasm, or would you say the pressure is on the team and Shui? I think there's, there's undoubtedly pressure. There should be pressure every game you go into, but I think those two defeats on the bounce in the league have put pressure onto the team. Um, there's a different kind of pressure when you've played well and still lost to that kind of, well, what have we got to do to get points in this division? Start to ask that question. I think Blackburn are a decent outfit. They, Looking at their results so far this season, they've beaten West Brom where they were the better team. They drew two all with Rotherham where they absolutely hammered them. They let in two silly goals. Missed the penalty as well then. Yeah. And then Hull, they lost, but they had a guy sent off Hull only managed to get the, the equaliser and the winner in the 81st and 88th minute. So who knows, had they managed to keep 11 men on the pitch, they could have run out comfortable winners there and they were on top for large parts of that game before the sending off, which was quite early, I think. And then against against Watford, they've managed to win again. But that means something slightly different because I, I had it also up to say, well, Blackburn have been the better team and picked up points in most of their games. Watford absolutely battered them um, in that game. But... You know, there's, there's another angle there. Blackburn have still come away with the win. And we've talked about still coming away with the win in this division. Street smarts knowing what to do. So I didn't rate them much at the start of the season. I know they've had a bit of kind of turmoil off the pitch. But looking at looking at the results they've picked up and the way they're playing, I don't think just because we've had two good results, you can take anybody for granted in this division. And I think any points against any teams bar about three or four for us realistically are good points so I would want us to go for the win we absolutely can win I believe we can win 
if we come away with a point, I'm not going to be devastated. I'll be, let's move on to next week. We've managed to stop the rock. We've got a point. Let's keep moving forwards. 2-1. To Argyle. I'm glad you clarified that, Alex. I was beginning to wonder that you were going to tip a Blackburn win. Thank you. <laughs> I um, it was interesting there where you, yeah, the, the draw, the draw is not. I, I do differ from Mark and Alex a little bit. Is um, pressure? I think there should be pressure because um, we, you know, I don't want us to be satisfied with mediocrity, which is kind of leading into the point that Mark's making about us being a bit negative as a fan base, maybe a city. But um, arguably, um, so there's a pressure to win the game, and it kind of leans into the point with Alex there about every point being a good point, not not playing for the point, but being. So I, I don't want to be satisfied with a point at home. We've just we've just lost two games, and yes, we played very well, and there's no point being too down about it. We're doing very well, and it could have gone very differently. It's not a crisis. However, if we don't win against Blackburn. And let's say we draw. We've got five points from five games. We're going into an international break. We've got two away games um, immediately when we get back. Difficult away games. And then Norwich at home who look uh, no pushover whatsoever. So we've got a tough run coming up. Uh, We want to go into that international break with a win. I think, um, you know, Mark talks about whether the fan base has some self-doubt. I don't believe the players buy into that. But I think if if they don't get points... Soon, or the longer this goes on, when we get we're making performances, we're not getting up points. The self doubt will seep into them a little bit. Um, so I, 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 we've got to we've got to be trying to win. Get we can't be content with a point at home against a side that is beatable. Yeah, there aren't the the, the sides that are beatable are going to be fewer than last year, and we need to be winning our home games. Yeah, we yeah, somebody made a point earlier about get a point a game, and that'll be fine. You know, no, we're going to go to we're going to go to Leicester, and we're going to go to Southampton, and we'll be very, very lucky if we even come away with zero, let alone minus points. So, um, you know, we've got to try and win the game. Um, I think we so, will. I think we won nil. Sounds like the pressure's on to me. I'd like I'd like a meaningful late goal for us. So that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Like, imagine if we win one nil in the ninety-fifth minute, or even we rescue a point in the ninety-fifth minute. Can we save that card for Deepdale? If we can, <laughs> uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna score seventeen there. <laughs> I'm with I'm with Chris. A Ben Wayne handball to win the game against Blackburn would go very nicely. All right, guys. Uh, to wrap things up, we're gonna have an alternative game of Shuey Spiel this weekend. It's a bit different, so bear with me. I'll try and explain it. I don't want any complaints, no angry emails or texts in the week. So bear with me for a minute, and I'll explain the rules. I'm going to give you three sets of clues. And you have to guess the former Plymouth Argyle player. Now, if by some miracle you get the player on clue number one, you get three points. If you get it on clue number two, two points. Number three, one point. Now, for the enjoyment of the listener and for the other uh, podders, simply just text me that your answer. Otherwise, if you say if you get the first the answer in the first second, the kind of games the game's ruined. Uh, Tom Kirk, I'm looking at you. Any questions to the setup of that game? Sorry, I haven't understood that. We should we should so, text you I, the answer. Yeah, fi- fi- yeah, find a way. So let's say you think the answer is Akos Pizaki. Send me a text, Akos Pizaki, and I'll note WhatsApp, your answer. You WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, WhatsApp. Yeah, don't text me. I'll cost you an arm and a leg. Um, there's only yeah, there's obviously already, only one answer. I've already blown about twenty grand on data. 
I think I'm going to be very careful here. Once you submit your guess, you are out. It's worth saying. So it's a bit of um, it's a bit of a risk. Do you go early and go for the big points, or do you wait until it's almost an open goal? Any more? Any more questions? No, I think you got you, mate. Right. I've just sent well, you a test. Can you re confirm receipt? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, WhatsApp is still working. Thank you, Mark Lovell. That's great idea, uh, radio, isn't it? Quiz admin. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Here we go. I am currently 42 years old and was on the books of 10 clubs, including Leeds, Morecambe and Plymouth Argyle. I have played and beaten a team that included David Beckham. Now I'm going to give you about 15 to 20 seconds. Have a little think. If you've got the answer, send me a text. And then shout out that you're locked in. So that was one clue, not three clues. Sorry. That I'm was one on. clue. One clue. Clue number one. Clue number one. This, this fits very well into the do you go for three points, one point kind of thing we were chatting about, wasn't it? This, go for yeah. the wins. Raw motif. Yeah. Ending on a motif. Okay, number two. I played 141 times for Argyle, scoring 12 times before moving to a team in a capital city. I also have an FA Cup runners-up medal. Some lost looks out there. No one, as of yet, has locked in an answer. Getting some smiles, some scratching of head. Again, as Tom said, this is fantastic radio. Locked in. Locked so in. A question: locked Did you say? Did you say he moved to a team in a capital city, or did you say London? I'm um, hard of hearing. I played 141 times for Plymouth Argyle, scoring 12 times before moving to a team in a capital city. I uh, also have an FA Cup runners-up medal. Is the third clue their name? Okay, okay, moving on. Third and final clue. I was born in Norway and played international football, although not for my country of birth. I was on the books of Birmingham City as a youth player, although I never played for the seniors. If you could travel back in time, you would see my long throws, which would often exterminate defences. That was meant to be a tap-in, by the way, of a clue, so no pressure. Uh, with all due respect, Archie, good clues. Well done. Would you like a repeat of clue number three? No. <laughs> all right, so... For the listener, I've only got one locked-in answer so far from Tom Kirk. Chris, Mark, and Alex, now's your time. I've just texted you about two minutes ago. Yep, you've just texted. <laughs> yep. All right, we'll read them out. Alex, we'll start with you. Are you going... Nothing. Is that a no from you? I'll be honest. I'm completely lost on how this is supposed to work. I've got some ideas. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna bow out. I'm just gonna let someone else take this one. Okay, Mark. Do you want to announce your locked-in answer? Tony Capaldi. 
can I can I stick with my no idea that I sent you rather than T-Mark because that's like so wrong. What's the Terminator <laughs> thing? You'll see. Or is that like a red herring? Tom? Uh, remember it well, Cardiff, Cardiff City 2008 lost the FA Cup final to uh, Portsmouth and uh, yeah, the little clue there Archie was a capital city which I found... Uh, very cheeky, and that kind of got my got me thinking. And uh, I do remember to, not, not many people uh, who have played for Plymouth Argyle have gone on to play in an FA Cup final. Um, it's Tony Capaldi for sure. Mark, what was yeah? Uh, Tom, c- congratulations, you're correct, and you were the first to um, lock in that answer. Mark, what was it that gave it away for you? Norway. Norway. Oh, yeah, Norway. I thought I thought that might be the one. Yeah, to a Scottish father. But he chose to play for Northern Ireland through his grandmother, I believe. I think the David Beckham thing you reference is he played in the game where we lost to Northern Ireland. England lost yes. to Northern Ireland, that is. Sorry. 2005. Um, Mitch, He's uh, gone for <laughs> I had three separate players written down and I was convinced I had them all right. So it shows how much I missed them hard oh, on the whole competition. Oh, please tell them. Who are they? I'm too embarrassed. <laughs> Chris, the last one I had Kari Arneson for. Chris, that's not bad. Chris? Yeah, you're, are you too young to remember the TV show 321, Archie? You probably yep. are, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think some of us will remember that. It was basically, it was a man with a human bin giving really obscure clues. I know you haven't got a bin, but just maybe Google it. Apart from that, the right, thanks, thanks, Chris. That's a real confidence boost. I'll have to, um, I'll, I'll have to look that up. Um, all right, we'll leave that. <laughs> we'll leave that there. Um, well done, Mark and Tom. You did very well, Alex. I'm apologies for the um, confusion. Next week, bigger and stronger, and all that. All right, guys. Thank you ever so much for tuning in, Chris, Mark, Alex, and Tom. It was. It was a lot of, well, so a lot of fun. It was partly painful to talk about that result yesterday. But um, as always, good talking to you guys. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic week and enjoy the Palace game if you are able to go. It's, you can't watch it anywhere. I think you can tune in on the radio. Otherwise, you have to be there in the stadium. So kind of going back in time for that one. And then the big game against Blackburn. Let's hope for good things. I would return to winning ways, hopefully. So we'll be back next weekend to discuss those two games. Until then, take care and we'll see you next Sunday.